Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Autistic Comedian's Guide to Autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and I have a co-host in studio this week. Graham K. Yes. Boom. It, it, it is a rare episode where we're in the same room, yeah. just like the old days. Yeah, you know? old L.A. days in that studio apartment that I hated, no parking. Yes. On Garfield Avenue. Yes. Oh, and you brutal. had you bought a scooter to keep in your in your trunk so you could scoot home. The, Not a metaphor, an actual scooter. The 10 blocks, because you always parked like 10 blocks away. The, that was one of the most beautiful apartments and one of the worst apartments. I hated the parking. It was just yep. the anxiety of circling for an hour each time you wanted to go anywhere. And you uh, you did comedy, so by the time you got home, all the parking spots were gone. Yes, and, every uh, time. <laughs> but it inspired you to buy a scooter for your son. That's true. Yes. Those giant big wheel scooters, the Razor scooters. JJ he, loves it. Somehow he, he's, like he's got good balance. Very good balance. Peter has terrible balance. Really? And that's more in line with... The Graham K. K. tradition? No, well, with uh, people with autism are, are, don't have the best balance, they say. Uh. Peter can't jump either. Can't he could he, Peter literally can't jump over two two sheets of paper, huh? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, we are back in New York City. I don't know if you can hear the party going on below us. We are overlooking a We're patio in New York bar. City. Uh, I live in a studio apartment now. How the world has changed. It's very luscious. This is a nice one, this and um, lush, but I live over. <laughs> I, right, I live over a bar. Yeah, you said luscious. I was like, that's kind of gross. <laughs> Lush. I, I to say. Yeah, there's a lot of I have a lot of plants, but anyway, I, I live over a bar, so you can hear the bar, but. Here's the point. The reason why we're talking uh, together in the same room is um, it is Kirk's birthday, and it I took, took him out to lunch. That's true. He had a beer. He never drinks. He had a beer. Oh, man. It's my annual beer. They, uh, the, 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 the server gave, us, gave him a free ice cream cake slice. It was delicious. It was better than the beer. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're at in your life. Um, but, yeah, so it's. Really, you know, it's nice to be nice to have you back in studio apartment. And it's gonna um, be back, I'm back in New York, two weeks. I'm excited. Two weeks, and uh, yeah, you're not on the road for once, for yeah. God's sakes. You look more rested. Your hair's combed. I own a comb. Not you're back in your element. Well, it's hard to tell when you're on the road. You always zoom me, and you look crazy. <laughs> um, but yes, so this is episode two fifty one. Um, we for didn't even realize when we recorded two fifty that it was. A monumental. is a lot. It, it's a lot. I mean, we do this five years. It's a lot. Five fifty a year, fifty yeah. weeks a year. It's and like, I mislabeled <laughs> it, it one fifty. Honestly, people probably thought it was on purpose. Like, ah, that's on brand for them. They mislabel it. They don't mention it. They I'm, forget about I'll, it. I'll, I'll fix it right now. So when you look at it, it'll be two fifty. But whatever. <laughs> um, it's episode two fifty one, commemorating our two hundred fiftieth episode, uh, and we want to thank. All of our listeners, and we want to thank everyone who's uh, commented or rated throughout the five years we've five plus years we've done it. We want to thank all of the Patreon patrons. We thank you so much, each and every one of you. We um, we 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 just really we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all that. Um, when and uh, we we had a uh, recent one time lump sum donation, two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, Laura M got a hold of us. And was like, hey, I haven't supported this whole time. I'm finally caught up. I want to kick you guys some cash. And she Venmoed us uh, and uh, Venmoed me, and I split it with Graham. And, and yeah, that's another option for you guys. Yeah, he uh, he gave me a hundred and twenty four dollars <laughs> just so he could have a little a little one up on me. Not and true. That hurt. Not that hurt. True. So. <laughs> Felt, thought that was kind of weird, Kirk. 
just to uh, let you know. Yeah, not true. Guys, uh, if you haven't figured out, this is Comedian's Guide to Autism. We're two comedians who have loved ones with autism. I have a 21-year-old son who's severely autistic, and Graham has a brother who is uh, a little mild on the spectrum that we're going to hear from later. You think he's mild on the spectrum? A little really? milder. Yeah, milder than my milder. son. Milder. I thought yeah. you said mild on the spectrum. No, mild. I think his symptoms are less severe than my son's. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm not just saying. JJ. Yeah. I'm saying that I thought you said something else. All right? Now drop it. <laughs> Who's the person that's deaf here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are deaf out of one ear. Um, um, yeah, JJ's doing good. I'm still fighting to get to see him, which is, I'm sure, you know, we all. COVID's been hard for everybody. Everybody's got their little things that they're going through, their little struggles. And one of the ones for me is trying to get to see him when he's in a facility that has people that are at risk. There's older people. There's, And so they're trying to be cautious, which I can't do anything but respect. Yeah. So, and then uh, how about you? How's your week going, bud? I'm doing pretty good. I, I you know, Peter's doing pretty well. I think I, I, I think we should call him actually, because we, uh, we got an article. Where's this article from, Kirk? And this article is Spectrum News. Okay, our old friends at Spectrum News. And it's legit, thirty something pages. So. Oh boy. We're not gonna read the whole thing. No. But uh, the article is entitled Puberty and Autism and Unexplored Transition. Researchers are just beginning to learn what happens in the brain of autistic children during adolescence to explain their unique cognitive and emotional challenges. Henry's early years in school had been rocky enough. The boy had just been diagnosed with autism at age seven, and he struggled to control his emotions and process sensory information in his Tennessee classroom. By the time Henry was 10, his parents had figured out ways to ease the tension with therapy and medications. Then puberty hit. Henry became moody and more sensitive. Mm -hmm. A perceived slight from a classmate might trigger an emotional outburst. Uh He couldn't bounce back, his mother said. He was upset for the rest of the day. And we withheld Henry and Elisa's last name to protect their privacy. They said. Henry's outburst became harder and harder to manage as a small boy shot up to nearly six feet tall. Last year at 13, he was adjusting to the new medication and his irritability and compulsive behaviors got so bad that Elisa, Eliza and her husband pulled Henry out of school for two weeks. He was so sad. It was awful. According to the pandemonium, Adding, excuse me, adding to the pandemonium was Henry's burgeoning sexuality, complicated by his challenges with social skills. He would tell a raunchy joke, not in, not intuing, not intuishing, not intuing, that his parents would find it offensive, not gathering. He might ask a girl he hardly knew to be his girlfriend. I hope we can just finish out this puberty ride, Elisa's mother said, because it's a roller coaster. Puberty can be extra fraught time for young children on the spectrum. The features that define autism, including sensory and emotional issues, repetitive behaviors, and missing, missing social nuance, can make it hard for them to cope as they mature sexually and become more interested in friendships and dating. Autistic girls may have a particularly time, tough time socializing as they struggle to fathom the intricacies of non-autistic girl interactions, hmm. depressions, anxiety, and eating disorders. A lot more intricate, those... Yeah. Female to female relationships. There's a lot of subtext. Mm-hmm. There's no subtext between you and I. No. None at all. If I hit you in the arm, I'm upset. Mm-hmm. You get it. Pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Mm-hmm. And if I push you down the stairs. You were in a hurry. I was in a hurry. And you're old <laughs> and you're in my way. <laughs> and I couldn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> A 2006 study shows that 72% of 109 autistic youth had depression, anxiety, or another mental health condition. By comparison, 
A 2016 survey of more than 50,000 children and adolescents suggests it's less than 20% have mental health conditions. Autistic teenagers are also at a heightened risk of seizures and cognitive setbacks. Yet the scientific community has paid scant attention to this developmental turning point in life of an autistic person and the dramatic biological changes that accompany it, says Kathy Koenig, associate research professor at Child Study Center, Yale University. It's unclear whether the autistic youth enter puberty at typical times, much less how puberty onset affects their developing brain. A lot of literature in the past has focused very much on the youngest children. Only 2% of U.S. autism research dollars in 2016, for example, were directed towards research on challenges autistic young people face as they transition to adulthood or later on, according to the Interagency Autism Coordinating Committee report. Say that three times fast. I won't. As awareness of the knowledge gap grows, however, a few researchers have secured grants to study autistic adolescents during sexual development. They're exploring whether these young people experience elevated stress and if so what they might be if so what might be the physical and psychological toll they're also defining uh, sorry also delving into what happens in the brain early data suggests differences in the activity of key brain networks between autistic and non-autistic teenagers this critical point in life when autistic kids are hitting puberty going through adolescence is a really under research says Kevin Pelfrey a neuroscientist at the University of Virginia Commonwealth Additional data could point to the best types of treatment and support for autistic teenagers that make the transition to adulthood. I'm going to skip forward. Skip forward, skip forward, skip forward, 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 forward. This is a very good article. It's just very long. It would be an hour of me reading, which is... In a monotone voice and getting all the names wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me me try to amp up the voice. Here we go. Pelfrey is a leading one of the few Ooh, to awake. define brain challenges that characterize the adolescent transition. You go, Pelfrey. Since 2012, Pelfrey's team has been following 620 autistic and non-autistic adults, children aged 6 to 17, and conducting annual clinical assessments, scanning their brains. The researchers also sequenced the children's z- genomes, measuring gene expression from blood samples. In 2017, the team won a five-year Autism Center of Excellence renewal grant wow. to use this cohort to investigate what happens in puberty. Just as Autumn proposed, Telfrey's team is eyeing challenges in the brain systems associated with autism, according to the salience, according to the salience and default mode the central executive networks, and using magnetic magnetic resonance imaging, and, okay, I'm going to jump forward. This is a very, very, very long article. The danger zones. Here we go. Whatever it's detailed, the remodeling of the brain during puberty also leads to an intensifying of emotions and rapid mood changes. Teenagers seesaw from irritability to jubilant to anxious, and this process appears to be exaggerated in autistic children. The consequences are more difficult to moderate, in part because autistic children may have trouble grasping what's happening. Like, it sounds like what's happening outside is a fire. Yep. Then, Welcome to my neighborhood. <laughs> then, when 16-year-old Brendan Toll, who was autistic and minimally verbal, hit puberty at 12, he became increasingly aggressive with an escalation of self-harming behaviors, mm. including pinching and biting. In a regular child, a young person that is quite a difficult transition, said his mother, May N.G. Nung, 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 a pediatric 
endocrinologist at the University of Liverpool in the UK. For autistic teenagers, however, who don't understand what's going on, it can be even more difficult. Other, te other teenagers on the spectrum seem to suffer because they understand enough of what's going on to know what they're missing. This is a very interesting article. I don't know if we should read the whole thing. I think we've read enough. I think it, make, it makes enough. It makes enough to, uh, we'll jump to the very last section, life lessons. Amid these emotional struggles, autistic adolescents are often woefully unprepared for the physical changes of puberty. When Garavo was, first got her period at 12, the autistic teen was baffled. She thought she, th she went through five pairs of underwear before her mother realized what was happening. My mom came to the bathroom one day and was like, oh, you're a woman now, she said, and I had no idea what was going on. Studies show that autistic young adults are less likely than their non-autistic peers to receive any kind of sex education at school or at home. And these kids have a lot of professionals in their lives. So for you to have never spoken to anyone about sexual development, it's kind of mind-blowing, says Graham Holmes, a clinical psychologist huh. at the University of Hunter College in New York City. Yeah, I Peter, think that's enough. Peter didn't have a lot of, uh, I mean, it's just awkward. It's a tough talk to have. Yeah. I know when, like, JJ uh, became a man, it is interesting that, like, it was a real adjustment for the parents because I talk about this in my act, but there's things that he did when he was two or three, like get naked or he always had an affinity for women. So, like, being a little touchy, that's like, it can be cute when it's, like, three or two or three. He's a little cute little kid that's not cute when he's a man, you know, when he's 14 and he's grabbing people's bottoms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that in my act, but it's true. He used to go through this thing where he'd really liked women, like being overly touchy. It's a tough thing. You know, you're trying to teach somebody with mental uh, intellectual disabilities and the, in the inability to communicate because of the autism as an impairment. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean women should be allowed themselves to be sexually assaulted either. It's just, it's a tough thing all around for everybody. So you're trying to be there present to grab his hands, to stop him, and physically get in the way yeah yeah luckily peter sort of picked that part up i think maybe we may have mentioned it to him but he sort of you know he, he knew enough not to grab anybody let alone women but right around puberty he did start uh self-harming a bit like what mm. they were talking about in the article he started biting yeah my son does that too himself on the hand and he, my son does a thing where he'll take the, the heel of his own hand and hit his own forehead really hard. And that happened around puberty? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. I felt like for him, he was getting more frustrated. So I don't think it had as much to the hormones. I think the hormones would frustrate him, and then he would self-harm because he was so frustrated. Yeah, or just all those, all that testosterone and hormones zooming through your body, it's... Even if it's not sexually related, it just makes you crazy. I mean, I was like, you know, angry and violent, and I needed football to bash somebody. And I'm, and if you don't have an outlet like that, sports are a real outlet for men. Yeah, for yeah, for teenage boys and stuff yeah. to need. Anyway, so I and the, like while JJ can't do. Um, organized team sports we did try to do sports as an outlet so swimming and walking and biking and just to get them tired mm -hmm. yeah that's i think it's good for anybody yeah. but it's like that that definitely helped peter when we started doing that actually uh basketball really helped him archery really helped him um and you know but 
Yeah, he had a lot of issues with getting too close to women, not touching them, but just shadowing them. If he liked the girl, he would not leave her alone. He would shadow her and just chit-chat all day. And, you know, he would drive them nuts. And then they would go, <laughs> they would go like, you know, they'd blow up. And, and then he would get in trouble and that from like the school or the or the work play yeah. or whatever saying you know you can't do this and you'd be reprimanded and he had no idea he was doing anything wrong and right. he would get heartbroken and it's really still affected him to this day he talks about it almost every day That's um, tough. And, and then he's like i don't want to it's still to this day he's like i don't want to like I, he, you know there's that happened several times i think i've talked a couple times on this podcast about a time that he went to college and he took a course specifically for special needs people Mm. to learn how to like you know count and i don't know i'm not sure he picked up much there but it was something for him to do Mm. he's probably one of the people that didn't really pick up that much but um the idea being it was like gonna help you to like get a job and write a resume and pay you know do simple bookkeeping or whatever and like you know only by you know this is you buy windex you do that but but Anyway, it was in a college with, a, it was in a regular college. So he went to the bookstore and he saw a woman and he just started talking to her. And then um, she didn't know that he had autism and she called the cops. And then, the you know, so there was like a whole production. So he's like really gun shy from that era of his life. And, you know, he knows a lot more now, but, uh, but it's, but he doesn't realize that he knows a lot more now, and he still feels like if he talks to somebody, they're going to call the cops to, on him, or mm-hmm. if he, um, you know, it's also, you know, we've talked about this on, on the, in the past too, but he, he, it's finding the right level of disability. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to date just anybody. They have to be, he's adamant that they have to be independent like him, which is fair. I'll, sure, great. Makes perfect sense. But then they also have to have some sort of disability. Yeah. And so it's like this similar age and close. by. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, he wants the exact age, like within a year, like, uh, like or two. And I'm like, buddy, 10 years is good. You know, well, let's open up this. Uh, But anyway, he, he, he was traumatized by that era of his life. And he did, it's not, it's not like those women did anything wrong at all. It's just, yeah, as a woman, you could also be scared if you're a petite woman. He's a big man. He's following you around. They did nothing wrong. It's just yeah. life is tough. Life's complicated. It's complicated. And so, um, yeah, it was a really tough time for him because you're having hormones completely upending your life. And honestly, I never really thought about it as stupid as it is to say until now, but we did not talk to him enough. Yeah, about we're gonna, about sex. Yeah, next time you talk to him, I'd be curious. Just ask him. I'm curious about if what his first recollection of this being talked to. Like, did your parents sit him down? They talked to him about it at school, and what did they say? Like, if it was impactful. Like, if he remembers being kind of a boy, I'd be really curious to interview my son and ask him if if he was verbal. But like, do you remember mom talking to you about like you're a man now? You you got to keep your pants on or you can't touch yourself in public. That was a big one for us. Don't touch your penis. Like, I'll yeah, we, talk, we, t- we talked about that. But I'm curious about him, what his recollection is of that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. We'll have to ask him. We'll have to do it on the next episode. Yeah, we'll get him on the next episode. 
Um, guys, as always, thanks so much for listening. Patreon.com slash Autastic. Um, you know, I want to read, actually, a review we had, which I've been trying to read. I wanted to review, read it for a little while now. Um, this is from... We've, had, we've, had, we've recently had a bunch of reviews, and I wish I could get to them all. Uh, please keep reviewing them because yes. yes, we really appreciate it. Honestly, we've it had helps some us with the yes. metric yeah. for people discovering this podcast, and they don't have to be too long. But we do read them all, and we appreciate them. So this one is from Lysebo three. Um, she goes, "My three-year-old son was diagnosed on November sixth, twenty nineteen, with autism. Then one month later, with leukemia." Our world has been turned upside down and inside out. I recently discovered this podcast and it has brought so much joy to my morning and afternoon commutes. I find myself gravitating to its to this podcast the most because it's real life, but also brings laughter and tears to my eyes. I have a younger son that seems to be neurotypical and I love to hear Graham's sibling stories and to know he turned out okay, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Zinger on old Graham. Uh, I like that. Okay. He loves his brother, um, can laugh about his experiences, and thinks he is a better person because of it. Kirk brings such an inspirational vibe to it. His family has struggled a lot, but he seems to have created a great life for him and his family. Embracing the cards you were dealt is what life is all about, and I'm glad this podcast shows true shows true to that um this is from lisa t actually she signed off uh military spouse veterinarian cancer mom and autism mom um thank you so much lisa honestly i it's messages like that really make it it makes the it, it makes the huge difference it means the world to me i can't even talk it helps um, us to continue to do the podcast because yeah, it's a yeah. labor of love. Obviously, not nobody's getting rich on this. We're just mm-hmm. hoping this will be positive and encouraging to you, and you'll help mm-hmm. spread the the news yep. about uh, that life keeps moving forward, life goes on, and things will keep improving. And mm-hmm. you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm not special, and I'm doing it. That's right. You can follow me on uh, Mr. Graham K on Twitter and Instagram K on Instagram and uh, Kirk Smith Comedy on all platforms. Thanks so much. I'll be in Miami next week and the week after that, Tampa. Stay tuned for more dates. Have a great week, guys. You can do it.